Okay. Are we on, Jeff? We are. Okay, you- perfect. Yeah, I can hear you. Great. Okay. So this is Jeff Sikarik. I'm back with podcast number five. Today, I'm talking to Peggy Hall. She's coming in from California. Peggy has a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science, a Master of Arts in International Policy Studies. She's lived abroad in such far-flung places as Paris, Morocco, and Casablanca. She was the Director of Teacher Education at uh, University of California at Irvine, the wellness expert for the Emmy-nominated show America Now, with over 100 TV appearances, and she now operates the HealthyAmerican.org to educate, inform, and inspire you to take action to promote truth and freedom. We need a lot of that right now. I should also say she is a master at the short YouTube video explaining how you do not have to obey unconstitutional orders by power-happy bureaucrats particularly when it comes to the wearing the muzzle in public. Thanks for being here, Peggy. Jeff, it is absolutely a pleasure to be with you. Tell us why the mask issue. I've got my own ideas and my own opinions. Tell us why the mask issue is so important. It really is a divisive issue. And I think the reason why, Jeff, is because it's so visible If you are out shopping and you may have a different different political persuasion, maybe you are cheering on a different sports team, you like to do, you know, certain um, fun activities, no one knows that just by in a moment's passing. But when you are wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, it is so apparent to the people around you. And unfortunately, it plays right into the hands of the powers that be, the evils of the, the, the uh, you know, evil of darkness that is trying to destroy, steal, and divide. And that comes in with confusion. It comes in with fear. It comes in with panic. And the visibility of the mask, I think, is a very strange, brilliant way of creating more fear, panic, and division. The disturbing part to me is, of course, before all this happened, I had an idea for a long time how bad things were going in terms of humanity being awakened to the direction of society in general. But it's only when the mask came along that it, as you say, it really became visible. I mean, you're walking around, you're like, is this a joke uh, that all of these people actually take seriously after the numbers, after the, the, you know, the bribes to the doctors to get everything classified as a COVID death after they told you <laughs> numerous Burks and numerous doctors the world over that we are counting that as a COVID death if, uh, even if they had six, seven, eight uh, unrelated symptoms. So yeah, when I walk around, of course I'm in Cambodia, I'm out in the country, you don't see it so much out here, but when you go to the malls, it's like you're in a science fiction movie. Everybody's walking around with the mask, it's quite disturbing. It is so disturbing. And I remember very clearly the day my husband came home and said, well, they're requiring the mask in the stores. 
And that was my tipping point, Jeff, because I was willing to go along a little bit with, you know, I'll stay home for a couple of weeks. All right. I don't have to go to work. Um, all of, I wasn't in favor of it. I didn't enjoy the way that it was foisted upon us. I have always had a curious mind. I always dig deeper. When someone tells me to do something, I don't say, okay. I say, why? And then I go to work to find out. So as the, uh, the days were going by and then the, the days became weeks and then we were ordered unlawfully, I might add, to um, wear a mask. I've never worn one and I don't intend to wear one unless it's of my own free choice. And even if there were a magic mask that allowed me to live to be 120 years old, and if this magic mask somehow um, preserved my appearance and made me a millionaire and happy, and I would not wear it unless it was my choice. And that's where my argument goes, Jeff. We have had the science. Any thinking person who is not governed by fear and paranoia and anger and suspicion knows that it doesn't make sense to restrict your oxygen. Now, there are brainwashing techniques. There's mass um, movement in terms of um, groupthink and all of that. But an individual on their own, if they were given the choice to wear a mask every day or not wear one, it seems to me that every fiber in their being would be, I don't want to wear a mask. I want to be free. I want to be uh, you know, natural. I was born without a mask. There's, I've never worn one. Um, and I can think back to, I've, I've been in hospitals and I've had hospital procedures. They never put a mask on me. I don't, I, I've been to doctor's offices. They never wore masks back then. In a surgical setting where it's sterile and there might be an open wound, that's the case for a mask, but not um, on a, a regular basis. But having said all that, the whether it's good for you or not good for you, whether it works or doesn't work, I'm going to set all that aside because there's only one thing that can compel me to do an action that I don't want to do, and that is a law. And there is no law to wear a mask. And that is my bottom line. We can argue back and forth about science. They can find scientists, uh, corrupt scientists, who will state that suddenly they discovered that breathing carbon dioxide is actually the best thing in the world. But until they pass a statutory law through a legislative body, I'm, and even then if they do, I will take it to court, and many people are taking it to court, um, all of these orders here in California and in the United States are based on an unlawful and illegal state of emergency. There is no state of emergency. That happened right. four months ago. <laughs> right. So now I've watched all of your videos for the past couple of weeks, and uh, you make a very good case that in California, these orders are unconstitutional. The governor does not have the right to tell you anything. Um, same thing I think you were saying in King County up in Seattle. So for the person out there, let's say that, um, that, that doesn't want to wear the mask, but they're, they're going into store after to store being told that they've got to wear it. Can you just briefly in a nutshell, for those that haven't seen your videos, give them a, an idea of how you handle that situation? I think the number one thing, Jeff, is to have confidence. Uh, we are born as free individuals. We have the free right to walk upon this earth. We are not breaking any law by not wearing a mask. It is an individual medical 
health intervention, that would be as if the governor can suddenly say, you know, you're getting a little pudgy. We're going to put you on 1800 <laughs> calories a day and we're going to track it with your Fitbit, which everybody already, I don't have any of that stuff. People don't realize the slippery slope. They already had yep. their Fitbit. They were already doing their steps. Don't they know that that can be tracked? Don't they know that they could, there could be a penalty now if you don't get your steps in? Because you might be killing somebody with your obesity. I told so, people 10 years ago that when they passed the seatbelt law and the helmet law, the end was coming. I didn't know when, but I knew once they can tell you what to wear on your body, things weren't going in the correct, the right direction. Jeff, my friend, you were ahead of the curve because that's exactly right. My father never wore a seatbelt and he got tickets and he didn't care because he knew that it was unlawful. Unlawful means it, it could be a law, but it, but it's not, it doesn't hold the validity of a law because it, violates these things you're talking about. So I would say going in with confidence is number one. And my husband and I, I mean, he just says, I can't wear one and he keeps on walking. So there are a couple of different approaches. And I want to say that my heart, I, I do have a great deal of empathy for those who don't want a confrontation. And for some people, it's easier to wear a mask and just comply and keep on going. I understand. And, you know, we are fighting for people like that, that don't have the wherewithal that are, uh, you know, part of the uh, psychological abuse is wearing people down, making them tired. This is a, a, tactic that is well known in, um, you know, POW camps, you keep people sleep de deprived, you confuse them, you gaslight them, meaning you tell them day is night and good is bad and wearing a mask is good for you. And people are confused. It's difficult to think clearly. Many people that have come to me for guidance have said that they are tired. They're, they just want to rest. They don't want to have any battles. People that were very strongly against wearing a mask find themselves putting one on just not to have the confrontation. I get it. It should be a personal choice. I am going to the mat on this. I am never wearing a mask. I don't care what it requires. And the good news is here in California and in many states, including New York, and I have my um, extended uh, Healthy Americans on the research team looking in every nook and cranny in their state and possibly even in Cambodia, we have something called civil law. And your civil rights, I, I should say civil rights law, every location has a civil, there's civil law and criminal law. We are protected from intimidation and harassment by law. We may not be discriminated against because of our religious beliefs. My religious beliefs prevent me from wearing a mask. I will not obs obstruct my God-given breath of life. Secondly, we are uh, protected from discrimination by a medical condition. Now you never, you don't need to disclose your medical condition. This is your private health status. You don't need a paper. You don't need a card. You don't need to say anything other than I'm exempt and you keep on walking. Okay. Now, so now hold yes. on a second. Let me, let me interrupt you there. So on your last video, and I know there's a couple other people that have a there's a guy, a high impact flicks that does three or four videos a day. He has a t-shirt which explains 
what the law is that you don't have to wear a mask and that uh, it's a medical condition that you don't need to disclose to anybody. That's right. So I'm aware of that. Now, you're also, you mentioned that you might be making available some business cards so that if somebody walks into a Costco or Walmart or whatever, they can just hand somebody that costs them this business card. Jeff, I think that is going to boost the confidence that I mentioned that people need. Um, I'm pretty much a bulldog and I'm not going to give up, but some people, and that's fine. We all ha- you know, have different gifts and so forth. At thehealthyamerican.org, I've got a tab that says printouts. And you can give this not only to businesses, but you can give it to individuals who may be confused. And the, the one side says there's no statutory law that mandates masks. Let me explain that just for a moment. A statutory law, because this is where the confusion comes in. A statutory law is one that was passed by a legislative body. It went through a lawmaking process. There was debate. There was public commentary. Uh, there were committee votes. It was passed officially through a rulemaking process. Under an emergency, there is an emergency rulemaking process. There still is a process, but it can be fast-tracked. And then there's something called an order. And I I want, if I may, just for a moment to give a a 30-second history so people understand, like you were talking about the seatbelts, it's like, how did we get to this point? Here's how Mm -hmm. we got to this point. We didn't always have a Department of Public Health because our country was founded on the principles of uh, freedom and liberty with limited government, meaning each individual could choose their behaviors that suited them. If somebody wanted to stay up until midnight every night and smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey, that was their free will. Uh, You know, that's, for example, they had the freedom to choose the job that they wanted, where they could live, their free time, their pursuits. And that's part of what has made our country great. Government has gotten larger and larger. And some time ago, public health departments were implemented with this purpose. If there was a hazardous waste spill and an area of the community needed to be quickly evacuated, there wouldn't be time to go to court and get a warrant to order everyone out of their homes. So hear the word order. So an order, a public health order, is to be used in an immediate, sudden emergency that has puts the population at great peril for life and property. So let's say there was a monsoon or an earthquake or a chemical explosion in a neighborhood. It would be difficult to get a court order to order people out of their homes. By law, people could say, I'm not leaving. But now the government, and I'm going to speak about California, it's similar in different states with some variations. Let me speak about the situation I know. Okay, so before I forget, let me ask you this. So in California, you mentioned in several of your videos that the governor has no uh, uh, authority to just out of the blue, even in a state of emergency, issue an order that you have to follow. An order is not a law. A law needs to go through a specific process that, for example, in California, the L.A. Times is not aware of it. They're, they're, they're just saying 
Newsom here issued a mandated order that the masks are mandatory. I hear this on Twitter all the time, and I respond with your videos. Uh, an order is not a law. Most people don't know that. My question is, and I haven't, because I just found out about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure, and tell me if, I, if you know, is it the same in every state in terms of the governor not being able to just blurt out an issue in order that you have to obey? It still has to go through a lawmaking process. Is that true in all 50 states? Let me clarify, Jeff, because the governor is able to issue an order to departments and agencies. Right. He is the administrative co-equal branch of government in each state. There are three co-equal branches that people forget. We do not have a king, a queen, an emperor, although some of them are acting like kings and queens. We have three co-equal branches of government. There is a lawmaking body, which is the state legislature. There's a judicial branch, which checks to see if those laws are lawful and will adjudicate if someone's arrested and, and what have you. And then there is the administrative, the executive office. This individual oversees departments and agencies. This individual can, can order law to the departments and the agencies. So, and then the reason why this language is important is because it is going to creep in just like the bike helmets and the seat belts. And pretty soon people will say, the governor told me I have to do this. No, the governor can't tell you to do anything. If you read the law, which I do, the governor ordered the Department of Health, and it may be called different things in different states, but usually it's the Department of Health, Department of Health and Human Services. There might be a director or a secretary. We Ours is called a director. The governor ordered the director to issue an order to the public because that office has legal authority. As I just mentioned, if there's an emergency, it comes from the health officer who says, quick, get out of the neighborhood. There's a chemical explosion. Now, listen, that order is limited in nature. In California, in some states, it has to be reviewed by a governing body within 48 hours. In California, it's seven days. You have seven days to make everybody leave their home, follow the orders, but within seven days, it has to be reviewed by a lawmaking body okay, because so we're even, not a nation of lawlessness. Okay, so if it's an order under a state of emergency, is the public uh, the the is is the public compelled to obey it, or would you classify it as a guideline or recommendation and not a law? An order coming from a legal authority like a public health officer, that is in most states considered a misdemeanor. It is not a criminal mm. crime. It, mm. Violating it would, need, would be a misdemeanor, which in different states carries different fines. In some states, it's a $25 fine. In California, mm. it's a $1,000 fine. I'll just let you draw your own conclusions. But what mm. I want to say is this. These officers and the government, they are willfully deceiving the people by pretending that they are still in a state of emergency. There is no state of emergency because we are in a recovery phase. They even use this language that we have phases. We're in phase one. We're in phase two. We no longer are in an emergency. Imagine you had a car accident and they took you to the emergency room. 
you're in the emergency room. They're going to stabilize you. They're going to get you all ready to go. And then they're going to move you out of the emergency room into a different room, maybe for surgery or recovery. An emergency has a legal definition. And these lawmakers are perpetrating fraud. What is fraud? Fraud is willfully mis representing material information for gain. What is their gain? Well, they are getting federal funding. They are getting state funding. These local communities are perpetrating fraud. Any individual um, office, like a sheriff, a policeman, a fireman, all of these are, many of these are serving on an emergency council in the community. They all are perpetrating fraud. And fraud is a felony. And in California, that felony carries a prison sentence. And I just heard that we have a, an LA Los Angeles City Council member just got served papers and is looking at 20 years in prison. So it happens. Plenty of public servants go to prison for fraud and um, other criminal violations. So yes, let me confirm. A public order is not a it's not under the criminal code. It is a misdemeanor, kind of like getting a parking ticket. But we, we need to argue the validity of that public health order because a public health order can only be issued in an emergency. We are not in an emergency. The chemical fire is over. The, the, the um, you know, gas explosion has been cleaned up. We are in a recovery phase, and this is my message to everyone listening to alert your lawmakers that we are on to them. You ask them for the definition of an emergency. You let them know that you know that we are no longer in an emergency and that their willful misrepresentation of the information is fraudulent. And even on a very local level, Jeff, I'm going to request that people file fraud complaints at the city and um, county level by law, every complaint needs to be investigated. So these county and city attorneys are going to be very, very busy investigating these fraudulent claims that we are, it's kind of like the whistleblowers. You can uh, make a claim that needs to be investigated for one of these public servants who is misusing our tax money, who is uh, acting in a fraudulent manner. There are about four or five definitions that I've found so far. And if folks connect with me at the, have to put the, the healthyamerican.org, I can email them links and action steps so that they do not need to feel powerless. I don't say we're in it together, but we united, we stand and we are shoulder to shoulder. You are not alone. We are fighting with you and we are not even, I never gave it up. We are holding on to our freedom and our, and working for truth. Okay. So if they go to the, uh, I've got people, you know, let's say somebody's in Mississippi or Kentucky and they don't, they're not aware of whether or not they're, uh, you know, their governor's doing the same thing as what's going on in California. Can they go to the healthyamerican.org? And I see that when you click on your menu, you have a section under masks. Will that direct them as to what to do in their state? We are putting together groups, Jeff. We have heard from 
thousands of people. And I'll tell you the hotspot states. We're going to group them up. The best thing is to subscribe at the Healthy American. And that way I've got their email address and I can put them together. By all means, look at all of the resources, watch the videos for education, but let's take some action. We're hearing from people mainly in Washington State, in New York, in Oregon, in Arizona, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Connecticut, and New Mexico. Now, I know those uh, states by heart because day after day I get pleas of help, and Nevada is coming in as well. The western states and the southern states and the eastern states are the ones that are being suffocated, and I use that word on purpose. I'm not hearing from anybody in Wyoming or mm. Idaho or Iowa or Oklahoma. They're not having these. Uh, suffocating unlawful measures. A governor cannot make law, period. A governor is not a lawmaker. For the LA Times and ABC News and Business Insider and every other major media and social media fact-checking it's in black and white that in California, this is a guidance letter. It's like a press release, mm. yet they continue to call it the governor's law. Why? Because they want us to think that a governor can make law so that when a governor starts to make law, nobody bats an eyelid. Well, not on my watch. Of course. Now, let me play devil's advocate for a second here. So I'm sure that... I'm not sure, but I'm going to guess that Deborah up in uh, Deborah in San Francisco, Tavares, she would mention that the United States is no longer operating under the Constitution at all. This, this country is operating as a corporation. It's a government in name only. They can do whatever they want to do and they can make up whatever they want to make. And as long as the police are willing to enforce it, <clears throat> we live in a as as uh, employees of a corporation so so our appeals to the bill of rights the constitution etc to them mean nothing what, what would you say to that deborah is brilliant she has inspired me to do my activism she has educated me and opened my eyes in so many ways and she's absolutely right and one thing you mentioned jeff was that as long as the law enforcement doesn't enforce it. The beauty of what's going on in California is that the sheriffs who do not, <laughs> you know, they are, they are not really supervised by anyone. They refuse to uh, get involved in these, this masquerade. They know that it is a waste of time. They are not writing tickets, at least in the counties that I'm aware of, and certainly not in Orange County where I live. Many of the sheriffs have come out to say in Fresno County, San Bernardino County, Riverside County, Orange County, I can't speak for every county, but there is a growing wave of sheriffs saying, we're not, how can you ask us to enforce something that's first of all, not a law, and secondly, distracts us from our law enforcement duties. We're too busy re-arresting all of the 
prisoners that you made us release, <laughs> which is a whole nother topic. <laughs> so yes, it very well may be. And you know what, Jeff, I want them to come clean. My whole mission is to bring darkness to light. And I want these so-called public servants to fess up and say, you're right, we're not operating according to law. We, our laws have been suspended. I want them. And I'm not stopping until they confess and this is brought to light. It's either going to change through the few judges that do have integrity, the sheriffs that do have the authority to march right up to the Capitol steps in any state and slap on some handcuffs, just like if someone was breaking into a vehicle outside and I called the sheriff, they don't wait for a court date. They put on the handcuffs, they lead that individual away, and that individual sits in jail until they get their court date or until they get their uh, bail. So these things have happened before. I know that there have been plenty of public servants that have served time in prison, including the governor of Illinois. I've seen the on a, a video the entire board of supervisors, except for one person that had a conscience in Illinois, be rounded up by the sheriff at a board of supervisors meeting and, and uh, marched right out. So the beauty is that our country was founded on the separation of power. We don't have an emperor that issues orders. And I want that to be loud and clear. Now, he can direct an order. For example, our governor, uh, gosh, I hate to use that word, but uh, this person issued orders, for example, suspending something called the Brown Act or modifying it, which requires and city officials to allow public, uh, for the public to either attend these meetings or be included in them in some manner, the meetings need to be transparent. So the only orders that uh, typically that a governor can issue are to the agencies and department that he departments that he directs. He suspended, for example, that the barbers don't have to get their licenses renewed for three months because of this situation. So that's a regulation. He's directing a department to change those regulations. He is not compelling an individual to do anything. It's the departments and the agencies that are doing so. You might say, Peggy, it doesn't matter. It has the same result. It matters. It matters because we do not want the language creeping in that a governor can make law. If, if they get away with making everybody wear the mask the next order of business is just going to come right down the pike. Who knows what that might be? The contact tracers? That's my guess. If, on the other hand, we do some of what you're suggesting and we stop the mask issue in its tracks, and let's say that's the number one issue across the country, people just flat out are just refusing to wear these masks en masse, and seemingly there's nothing the public, uh, excuse me, there's nothing the authorities can do about it. If that happens, guess what? In my guesstimation, the next phase of what they would want to put through, which, which would be likely the contact tracing, 
that all gets put uh, put on the back burner. You got to have them in the masks walking around making believe that there is even is a scary germ out there that'll kill you. Am I wrong? Jeff, you're absolutely right. And what I'm seeing creep in in California, I don't know how it is in Cambodia, but uh, they want to take your temperature to go get your nails done. I mean, this is ridiculous. No, when you go to the bank, they're pointing the temperature thing at your head when you go go to the bank. Just think if they'd have done that to George Washington or Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) I'm not going to comply. And at that point, that's where I, my, my remedy is I call the sheriff. Now, here's a trick. You need to develop these relationships with your law enforcement officers in advance. So just like any other battle, you prepare in advance. You don't show up for the battle without your armor. You know, I, I put on the armor of God. All right. I pray. I, I try to be sober minded. So you, you prepare for your battles. And before you go, you can call the bank and you can say, I'm not able to get my temperature taken. I don't wear a mask. I want to let you know I'm coming. And if they bristle or what have you, you have already developed relationships with law enforcement officers. And you say, you know, I'm being intimidated and discriminated against at this place of business and my civil rights. And I'm not talking about the Constitution. I'm talking about within the state. The reason why, Jeff, is sometimes when we start talking about constitutional rights, it's so above and beyond the um, common person to understand, even the common law enforcement officer and the person at the bank, they think that we're talking about some ancient document. Let's bring it right home to the local issue. You know, in this city, in this shopping center, I am protected to have free and equal access without harassment, intimidation, or threat. And if I'm, if you're intimidating, are you, that's the other thing you could say, oh, excuse me, are you intimidating me right now? And they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. And so, okay, because it feels like you're intimidating me. And if you are, that's an issue for law enforcement. And I really, I'd rather just, you know, make my deposit at the bank. But if you want me to call the law enforcement, I will. And you call them. But you've already made a relationship with the law enforcement. And they are there to keep the peace. They're not there to adjudicate. They're not going to say, you're right and she's wrong. That's not what law enforcement does. But the law enforcement is a presence. And they'll say, what's going on here? And I believe that we need to have more and more calls to the law enforcement so that they will come out and issue a statement and say, hey, come on, businesses. Come on, you businesses. Would you grow up? You know you don't have the right to take someone's temperature. That is not only an invasion of privacy. It is intimidation. It is harassment. And it is a medical procedure. And that person's medical privacy is protected by, we have something in the United States called HIPAA law. I'm only speaking for the U.S. No one has the right to know what your temperature is. No one has the right to know what your weight is. No one has the right to know what your blood pressure is. These are medical. This is medical data that is private between you and your doctor. And you don't even have to allow your doctor to take your temperature if you don't want to. Come on, people. Let's get back to the basics, shall we? If people do not begin to do this, and in their own way, I don't even want to use the word push back. That sounds like we're being violent. I I mean, and just stand up for their God-given rights, we're going to roll right into this phony second wave. You said it, Jeff, and uh, the the temperature taking is innocuous to many people. They're like, oh, fine, whatever. But the next thing is, 
the contact tracing, which I call forced surveillance. That means you are going to be, we already know that the tests are inaccurate. They are not approved by the FDA. They do not test for the presence of any virus. They test for antibodies. I've already done the research you're going to love. I'm going to come out with another video where I, I show it. You know what? I, I admit I do have a, a lot of satisfaction showing exactly what they're trying to hide from us. And it's in plain sight. Their statement at the LabCorp and Quest Diagnostics, which are the largest lab testing where I live, it they have a paper that says this test result is is not accurate. You might test positive, but you're not positive. You might test negative, but you're not negative. It's in their words. So why in the world would you get tested for something that has no validity? And then you and I know, finally, you will have to have a health certificate in order to go shopping. You can bet on it. Driver's license. Passport, visa. But you know what? We're not going to stand for it. And that's exactly the word. We're not going to stand for it. We are standing for truth, for freedom, for liberty, for law. Now, if they want to try to pass a law through the legislature that says you have to have a health certificate, buckle up and enjoy the show because this will wake up the few that are still slumbering. Those few that are going to go, wait a minute. Hey, I went along with the mask. Hey, I let you take my job away from me and I had to go on unemployment. You know what? I even let you take my temperature, but I ain't letting you jab me in the arm. Some people will wake up. That'll be the line in the sand for many. However, if people stand up and do the right thing and go to your website now, we may not get to that point because they'll have to backpedal and backpedal and backpedal. That's why, in my opinion, fighting... I don't even like to use that word, standing up for your God-given rights in this milieu, in the mask milieu, is so important. We will have them backpedaling if we can win on this issue. If everybody just goes home, turns on the remote, and goes back to beer and ball games, if there are any ball games, I fear for the future because we they've already told us what they're going to do. They're already introducing the narrative of the second wave. And the fact of the matter is, I don't even think they can get away with the second wave narrative unless they actually produce some casualties. Who knows what that might look like? 5G. I think they've got to get you injected. They've got to get you injected with the disease. They could introduce it through swabs, test, whatever. If they can break the barrier of your skin... I think that's the only way they can get a disease unless they release some type of known chemical in a group and try to blame it on the killer virus. I could certainly see that. But if people stand up now and fight against the seemingly minor things like the mask, that throws a monkey wrench in the whole plan, the whole second wave plan. That's brilliant, Jeff. You and I are of like minds. (laughs) That's why people say, Oh, come on, Peggy. It's just a mask. Would you, why are you so divisive? Why are you so selfish? You know, it's to help other people. Well, I'm trying to help other people. I am trying to help other people wake up. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm the least self. I mean, I, I'm, 
I'm trying to be selfless by doing all this work and staying up till all hours of the night, fielding all the calls because my heart breaks. And it, my heart doesn't break for those that are going to the nail salon. My heart breaks for the elderly that have had, that are being criminally abused by their family members being forced to separate from them. I've had more than one person tell me of a thriving uh, parent in their 80s or early 90s, active and alive and engaged in life, die because of the forced isolation, the no longer being able to engage with their friends, to feel like they, had a pro they were a productive member of society, to feel that they were no longer engaged in their pursuits and, and preferences and goals and dreams. And further, those who are in the nursing homes and the elder care and hospital care that are being prevented from their loved ones being with them right when they're needed the most. Jeff, this is what keeps me up at night. This is where my battle rages. It's not to go to the beach. It's not even for me to return to my job. It's not to have the swimming pool open. Those are the least of my concerns. But all of those are what has led to the criminal activity perpetrated upon our elderly and now upon the children because those are the most vulnerable groups of society. This is where my heart breaks and this is what keeps me up at night. And like you, I will never stand down from this. So even if you're even if you're not a, a even if you're not a Christian, no matter what your your religion is, I think it's clear that what is outlined in Ephesians, we are battling against unseen powers and principalities, evil beyond the five senses. All you have to do is ask your get quiet, turn the TV off, put the remote away. And ask yourself if that's not true. Whether you're a Christian or not, I think everybody's got to admit if they do get quiet and consult their inner voice, this is it. This is, this is the battle between good and evil that has been brewing for perhaps thousands of years. I can prove that just with their writings uh, of, of, of the elites, if you want to call them that, going back hundreds and hundreds of years. We're at that point now, are we not? Jeff, you put it perfectly. And what's alarming to me is the acceleration that we are experiencing. Just You're overnight. Right. Overnight. Yeah, we've seen, uh, overnight. We've seen there, these plans have been in place. Um, very many uh, intelligent, articulate individuals like Deborah and um, our, our friend Brian from High Impact Vlogs and others have been bringing this data and information. They've been exposing the um, evil deeds of darkness for some time. And what is the enemy's tool? One of the tools in the toolkit is ridicule, ridiculing these individuals, um, minimizing their contributions by uh, attacking them personally, attacking their... Uh, you know, intellect there, whatever. I mean, I, it, it's happening to me. It's absolutely apparent that that is a tool of the enemy. The other tool of the enemy is confusion. 
well, wear the mask. Well, don't wear the mask. Well, it's a law. It's not really a law. It's a, we have a phase, but we don't know what phase we're in. We <laughs> might go in a phase two plus, but we're not going to tell you what the standards are. And we're not going to tell you what's phase three because you're, you're not there yet. So confusion is what entraps the mind and prevents individuals from thinking clearly and critically. I highly recommend no television. I never, I don't have a TV. I've never watched TV. And I must say that must be what has kept me less um, swayed by the media. I go to original sources, like I'll go to the LA Times, which I, it is media, but I will dig deeper. I'll go to the health department. I'll go to whatever sources. And then I evaluate the sources. Who's behind this? Who gave the money? Do they have an agenda? Who are they connected to? Not everybody, that's not everybody's cup of tea. That's okay. That's why I'm doing it. But if you partner with me at the healthyamerican.org. We rely on support. You can help be a cheerleader. You can send emails and educate yourself with the videos, educate your neighbors, print out the handouts that I have under printouts. Um, this the business is card, where, the business card right, is important. Business if, card, very important. Yeah. And that is where I call it the drip, drip, drip method. You mm. know, that water dripping on a stone will shape change the shape of the stone. And the drip, drip, drip is constant, small, easily understandable messages. And right. that's my right. recommendation for these public servants. Sometimes we bombard them with pages of letters that they're never going to read. But if you email them one question like, um, what's the definition of an emergency? <laughs> and then see what they say. And even if they don't respond, it tells them that we are on to them. And you ask, why are we still in an emergency when we're actually in the recovery phase? Why are you perpetrating fraud by misrepresenting the information? Jeff, I've got all of these at my website at the drip, drip, drip method. And it, it, I believe that has been the success in Orange County where we successfully had the health officer reverse the mandate from making it required to making it uh, strongly recommended and there's no penalty if you don't follow a recommendation. <laughs> so a couple, a couple bullet points, we're coming in on 45 minutes. So we'll need to wrap up here in a little bit. Um, go to the healthyamerican.org. Learn what you can do in your state about the mask issue. I'd also say at a time like this, even though it is a spiritual fight, get yourself into the best physical shape you possibly can. Clean your body out. Go on a fast. I haven't eaten meat for 30 years. I'm a, I'm a vegan, so I've been doing this for a while. But if we have reached that point where you're going to meet your maker, you want to give him the cleanest flesh you possibly can, make a good impression. I would say read the poem If by Kipling every morning. He may have been an elitist, but he sure hit on a lot of truth in that poem. Uh, what else? Plant a garden, stock food. If you've got the wherewithal, buy gold. We don't know what's going to happen with the currency by the end of the year. What am I missing? What else can people do? Well, I would add, um, you're speaking about reading. And yes, that, that poem is fantastic. It, it's a special one for me in many ways. And uh, for those who would like to have spiritual encouragement, I like 
Psalm 91 and Psalm 27. And regardless of your spiritual beliefs, uh, people of faith, no faith, it doesn't matter. We're talking about in terms of understand, in terms of getting encouragement from the scripture, I mean, uh, because it clearly states that in the time of battle, that is where we are the most confident. And the reason why is because we have the power of, of our creator in us. We were created beings. And as I say, together, shoulder by shoulder, united we stand. This is our time to be confident I love how you said it. Get your body prepared to meet your maker. You want to be in excellent shape for your physical endurance, for your mental endurance. I want to echo the fact of being prepared in your home with um, protection, with food, with um, know your neighbors. My hope, shoulder, Jeff, is that yeah, shoulder, shoulder, to, shoulder to shoulder is important. If I had to add something that to that, I would only say that Organize shoulder to shoulder, but be prepared. Change throughout human history has always taken martyrs. There's going to come a point where you're going to have to decide. There may come a point where you're going to have to decide between taking a injection for convenience sake or your eternal soul. And whether your whatever your religion is, all you have to do is ask your inner voice, right? Which which one of those decisions? Um, that has to be made. And you may have to, it may reach that point, but we're only here for a short time. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I totally do. And um, yes, preparation in mind, body, soul, spirit, heart, um, it, it physical, we need, we need to do all of that. I uh, would recommend getting to know your neighbors, getting to, uh, start creating more local communities. That may be what comes out of this rather than a large nation. We're going to go back to the colony idea where it's uh, individual self-sufficiency. That's what this country was based on. Uh, this new world order, I would like to call it God's world order. That's my phrase. Um, or, or local order because we want to be with the local communities in community, in fellowship, Yes, shoulder to shoulder. We're not all in this together. Everyone has their own unique experience. But united we stand. And that means united with different outlooks, different backgrounds, different beliefs. That is the beauty of, of the strength of our uh, people. And um, yes, we, the people, stand yeah, for I'd also, freedom. I'd also say there's a, uh, for the people listening, there's a site, Freedom Taker dot com that has a, a no consent to medical testing form place that on your door if they come at you with the contact tracers don't open the door you are not compelled to test unless it's a licensed physician and you consent to it so if everybody in your neighborhood has this no consent to medical testing notice on their door and they come with the contact tracers they may just take the easy route and move on to the next neighborhood can you give me that website again, Jeff? That's fantastic. Yeah, Jerry, it's it's Freedom. Jerry is the guy's name, freedomtaker.com. So okay. on that site, he's got a no consent to medical testing notice. I've posted that repeatedly on Twitter. Everybody in your neighborhood should have that on their door now to get the collective consciousness moving in the right direction. He's also got a 
refusal to take the injection form and a conditional acceptance, which transfers all of the legal and uh, legal and medical responsibility to the one issuing the injection. So in other words, it's something that you would have them sign before they come at you with the injection. So he's, he's done some good work there. And I'd, I'd say go to that site, freedomtaker.com. So, okay, yeah. let me ask you one last thing here, Peggy, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. So I've talked to Jordan Maxwell repeatedly over the past few years, and he has a astrologer that he works with that does what he calls Nostradamus astrology. He predicted a year, he told Jordan a year before they broke with the event 201, <clears throat> start stocking up food, get some gold prepare yourself because you're going to see something that you've never seen before. And then that happened. He's been working with him for the past few months. And he says, get ready for the first week of October. You're going to see something on this earth that you've never seen before come October. It doesn't matter what Trump does. It doesn't matter. This thing is not political. It has to do with the stars. And we're entering into a stage where Scorpio is in control and the scorpion is a killer. So apparently, and, and he, he's, he's done a lot of good work over the years for 60 years. He's looking at October for some type of second wave. <clears throat> I could certainly see some type of staged event to blame on the killer virus. So I wanted to ask you, have you ever had any experience with astrology and what's your impression of that? No, I don't. That's not my area of, uh, of expertise, Jeff. So um, it's very interesting to hear what, what he's uh, believing coming down the line, however. Okay, so I think we can wrap it up there. I think we put a lot of good information out there. I want to thank you for taking all this time, Peggy. You're the best. I love your YouTube channel. And if there's anything I can do to help you, just send me a message. I'd like to have you back in a month just to check in and see how everything's going out there. Let's do that, Jeff. I really appreciate it. I look forward to meeting your audience. Um, this has been an excellent interview. And uh, yeah, we really are going global, aren't we? In a good way. <laughs> okay. So the healthyamerican.org, everybody go there. If you have any questions, I will be posting this uh, interview the link to this interview up on Twitter. So get to me with questions. And Peggy is also on Twitter. So I'll have a link to her page as well. Thanks again, Peggy, and have a good evening there. Sounds good. Thanks, uh, Jeff. We'll talk again soon. Take okay, care. Bye-bye.